Okay, good morning, everybody. Everybody is well. Happy Sunday. Those that are tuning in live, thank you for being here on a Sunday morning. For those that are with me, at any point in which you're with me, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. We've been talking a lot about this idea of honor. We're going to take this to the next level right now. And I wanted to make sure that we can really take this a little bit further. Hold on one second. Um, okay, today's uh, boost is dedicated um, May today's learning in memory of Freidel Bas Chaim Shmuel Ben Shraga HaKohen. May we learn today be an aliyah uh, for his neshama and elevation of his soul um, on his second yard site. And um, may her, her legacy continue through her children and grandchildren. So, so Freidel Bas Chaim Shmuel Ben Shraga HaKohen uh, passed away two years ago. And may this be today's learning be a special merit for her soul um, and only bring good things to her children and her grandchildren from here on after. So it's interesting, you know, I have a good friend of mine named Shalom Yona Weiss. He said to me, he said, once an incredible insight, he said, God doesn't necessarily, or he can't, or he can, but typically for most people, he doesn't sort of like split seas. To get to a level where God's going to split the sea for you, you have to be a real holy, righteous person. But what he will do is he will send you kisses along the way. But you have to be open to seeing God's kisses. And if you're paying attention, you'll find God's kisses everywhere. Sometimes in life, you'll see, you'll go through some challenge. And along the way, if your eyes are clear, you'll see a kiss here and a kiss there. And it's a cool. It looks like a coincidence, but like if you look a little closer, it's not really, you know, as you start to collect coincidences, you start realizing, you start elevating coincidences to kisses. This Over the weekend, I um, I this book caught my eye. I bought it like a year ago. It's called One. It's from a rabbi named Tzvi Kluger. So it caught my eye on my bookshelf. I, I bought it, I, I, kid, I kid you not, a year, maybe even two years ago. I started to read it and the kids got, you know, a little busy. So I put it down. This morning... In half an hour ago, I pick it up. I got you know a couple more minutes uh, before I, I got to come down, and I just like flip the pages. You know that obviously you just open up whatever random page. I open up to a chapter. I start reading it. Three or four pages into the chapter, here's what I end up. Okay, just letting you know how crazy this is. This is God's kiss to me this morning. The author says the following. Let us read the explicit words of Rabbeinu Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah was the greatest um, uh, you know, thought leaders of, in, in, in our history. He quotes the verse in Proverbs, a man, a, a man according to his praise. And here's what he says. Listen to this. A person's spiritual level is determined by what he praises. Sound familiar for those who are tuning in? If he praises good deeds, sages, and righteous people, you can be certain that he is a good person and that the root of righteousness can be found 
in him or her. For a person can't bring himself to praise good deeds and good people all the time unless he is disgusted by evil and he chooses good. And if it's possible that he possesses sins, he does things wrong. He's a human being. But he still loves righteousness. And he is of a community of those who honor God. It is a well-known fact borne out by scriptural verses and by explanations that have been given that anyone who speaks well about good people and sages is presumed to be righteous, him or herself. This is what we're talking about. I'm going to go a little further now. This idea that what we praise is a great testament to what we believe. We're not perfect. We can't be perfect. We're not meant to be perfect. But when we praise things, when we honor things, when we respect things, it brings out who we are. Because who we are is very different. Who we are is much deeper than what we do. What we do is important, but it's not equal to who we are. So now, we ended last week with this idea and understanding that when I look out into my actions and I align my actions with my beliefs, that's when I achieve a certain level of holistic living. When when I align, good question, Liran just asked a good question. Who we are and what we do are distinct. What we do is the manifestation of who we are to everybody else but it's not, the, it's not the true essence of who we are. When, I, when my actions are aligned with my beliefs, then I achieve a certain level of sort of holistic living. And when I live my life and I am careful to discuss and to speak about the things that I honor, and I put those in front of me, and I'm willing to surround myself and see myself by the things that I honor most, it influences what I do. It influences what I want. And then it changes how I act in this world. So when I look at myself, I have to look past things that I've done. And I have to look up to the things that I want to be and the things that I respect the most. And this idea of looking past actions to being to values, to depths, to depth is part of how I align who I really am with what I ultimately do. So for example, when I surround myself with people that are kind, generous people, it will be more normal for me to be kind and generous because I'm around people in which that activity feels more normal. So when I look up to people that are generous and I sit at that, if I sit at that funeral and they're speaking about this person and the kids are talking about how generous he is or she is, and I'm in the room blown away and going, that's it. That's, I want to be like that. I don't know why I can't open up my hands. I don't know why I'm so cheap. I don't want to be known as cheap. I don't want to be, I want to be, I want to be a giver. And you're, this is who I am. You feel it. No one has to like remind you 10 times. You feel it. It's a value that you believe in. It's a value that you respect. It's a value that you talk about. By just recognizing it, that this is a value that I I hold dear. You don't just move back on with your life. You allow that inspiration to come in as a value and you understand this is what I want. I don't live this way right now, but I, I, I know this is valuable to me. 
and I bring it into my life more. I bring people, I bring stories. It will be more normal. It will be more comfortable for me to engage in giving and kindness when the opportunity comes because I have taken this value and brought it out of the depth of my consciousness and placed it in front of me and says, work on this. I put other things around me that have exemplified these values. I've placed myself in scenarios that make it culturally normal and culturally acceptable to be generous. So now when I'm in this situation, I act differently. Well, why do we do that for? Because we are placing the value before our eyes. And we are bringing it out of the depths of who we are into the in front of my eyes. And once we do that, we create a greater relevance to that value in my life. And so I am more inclined to do it. We are using the limbic system to our benefit because we've learned from that world of the of discipline that the things that are in front of me have a greater value, irrationally greater value. I'll take the half a box of chocolate over the box and a half of chocolate in a week from now because what I put in front of my eyes has more value than it really does. Because the things that are in front of me always feel more important to me. So when I put good values in front of me, I create greater importance to those things. So I am naturally more inclined to do those things. It won't be as hard for me because I am culturally surrounded by those things. It is so critical that we realize that we are all cultural human beings. We can't keep on fighting our culture. We can't use our energy to always be counterculture. And if you live in a world where you disagree with the larger meta culture, you have to surround yourself with good friends. If you're around negative people, you're going to be more negative. Things like bad speech and back talk will be normal to you. This happens to me all the time. I spend a lot of my life in the corporate boardroom. This is what I do. So there are places you go where in the corporate, in these rooms, like they're trashing each other. You get very, it, it, you, it becomes part of the conversation. To be very careful when you're around people like this because it becomes who we are. So what we're really doing here and what I really want to drive this week towards is the idea of seeing the use of our eyes when we see our life, when we see our actions, when we see stories of other people that inspire us, it's not enough to just sort of be like generally inspired. We have to search for that golden nugget. We have to search for that little inner essential point, that value, that principle, that trait. We have to search for it and identify it and then extract it. Because when you extract something, your eyes now can focus on it and you see it for its beauty. And now you can see its value and that seeing of its value will want you to have more of it. Why is it so critical for? Because it's not enough to see it in ourselves. We have to see it in other people. One of the great tragedies of life 
is that we look at other people and all we see is their surface. When you see somebody and you ask them, we've done this before, what's your name? The next question out of our mouths is, what do you do? And that's it. Because once I know what you do, I believe I have the ability to discern who you are. What do you do? Oh, wow. What do you do? Oh, where'd you go to school? Wow. Where'd you? Oh, that's it. Somebody and they could be acting inappropriately. And then you find out that they went to some fancy school or they have some fancy job or have a higher net worth than you. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, you know, what, 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 what just happened? That person's bank account justifies their behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know what they do and I respect what they do. This is an incredible thing, how our brain works. I had this with a friend of mine who became the rabbi. Never forget this. Young guy. I had a conversation once with somebody about doing something right or wrong or whatever. I can't get into it. So I'm sitting with this individual and he's saying something that is totally inappropriate. And I'm trying to like explain to him why he's doing something wrong. And then he's like, yeah, but it's not really your place to tell me. I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to. And then he says, oh, but so-and-so told me. I'm like, okay. So is it his place? He goes, yeah. I'm like, how come? He goes, because he's the rabbi. I'm like, no, it's nice. I mean, he's whatever, 20, he's 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 a very smart guy. He's a young guy. 20 something just became the, you know, assistant rabbi to some, and, and I'm not taking away from his scholarship, but I was blown away that this older man was willing to, and I'm saying, I'm saying this for his good, was willing to not discuss it on its terms, but just the fact that somebody had a title that was a rabbinic title, is it? Like, whatever, the rabbi said so. It's nice. But did you think about what the rabbi said? Do you know who the rabbi is? Okay, the rabbi is a, you know, a scholar. I'm willing for that. Rabbi tells me to jump, I jump. But I look at what he does and then assume that if he does it, he must then be it. He's a doctor. So he must know everything about science. He's a lawyer. So you must know everything about law. How many times have I gotten this in my life? I heard you're a lawyer. Um, my sister had, I'm like, yeah, I, I haven't, I, I'm, I'm a real estate lawyer. Yeah, but you know about criminal courts. I'm like, I no, I don't. Like, what do you mean you're a lawyer? I'm like, that doesn't work that way. Like, don't you know traffic tickets? I'm like, no, I don't. They're like, wait, but you're a lawyer. I'm like, I know, I understand that. But you have to understand, let me take you behind the curtain over here. Just because you become a lawyer doesn't mean you know everything about everything about law. Don't you know constitutional law? I'm like, no, nah, I, I don't know constitutional law. What do you mean? You're a lawyer. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Most lawyers don't know anything about anything except for what they know because they're human beings like everybody else. But we like, we lose it. We get caught in this world of like what you do. But it also goes the other way. 
someone does something that we don't really respect as much. So we don't think the person is as smart as they really are. Sometimes someone is comes from somewhere or does something and they're invisible to us. Ever go through your day and there are people that are invisible to you? You ever go to a counter and that person serving you is invisible to you? Someone cleaning up is invisible to you? People that are different than us are invisible to us. People that have different opinions than us aren't just wrong. There's something wrong with them. We get lost for the better or for the worse at people at the surface of what they do and what they say versus who they are. This is happening right now in America as we speak. People are looking over the aisle and saying, you're not wrong, you're evil. You're evil. If we have different opinions, then you're, the differences of our opinions, I stop at the surface of your opinion and assume that who you are, the values you stand for, can't be anything like me. There are different denominations of the same religion, and I can't even respect you for who you are. Can you imagine? This is what's happening. Why? Why do we overly respect some people, underly respect other people? Why do we seem to take other people's opinions? It's because when we see them, we don't look for their values. We don't look at them for their values. person who's invisible to us because they're serving us at some place may have values that are of the highest caliber in our lives. We don't see them, but they may have come from, let's say, another country, let's say, and are working their hardest to, to provide for their families. And when you look at them and can understand them at a deeper level, you realize that their values are more pristine than our own. There could be somebody who, dis- who says things that drives you insane. And you look at them and say that value of passion and dedication to what you believe in, which I disagree with completely, but I hear that. I respect that. There could be somebody who is the most pristine person at the front of the room who may have very different values than you. And while they've accomplished more than you in the physical world, maybe when you look at their values, it's not necessarily the values that you ascribe to. One of the great, one of the great statements in, in, in Torah is that the story of one of the great rabbis that passed away and went up for a few minutes to the, the higher worlds and was ultimately was revived. And they asked him, what'd you see? And he said, I saw an opposite world up there. It's an opposite world. The people that you didn't think were something were something. Once we start seeing our own actions and start searching for the values that are in what we do, it gives us sight to look over to other people that may have otherwise been dismissed by us and to start searching for things that are deeper within them that we really respect, that we really value. 
start identifying things that people have that on the surface seem to be so far from us, but in the depth seem to be so close to us. We start seeing that the values and the principles that we, we aspire to may be present in things and people that we never really gave a second look to. We have a lot to talk about this. There's a lot here. This applies in the children that we have, in the students that we have, in the family members that we have, in the neighbors. Our eyes see the surface way too much. I, got, I have so much to say about this. I can't even, I, 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 I got so much to say about this. And we'll talk about this tomorrow. I'll tell you the story about my own life. How many teachers in my life? Oh my gosh. How many times my mom had to come to a principal's office and convince them that I wasn't terrible because I couldn't sit in a classroom. How many times did I have that? I can't even count. How many times in my life? How many people in this world, nobody sees them. They're invisible because they don't fit into a box. How many people in this world have broken families because they can't see their other family members for their values? How many people walk around broken because no one has ever seen them? All right, we'll talk about it. Oh, what would I do without you? What would I do without you? Have an incredible day. Thanks so much for tuning in on a Sunday. If you're hearing any day, thanks for tuning in whenever you tune in. We're going to talk about this because once we see it in other people, something else, something's going to happen to us. Let me just give you what's going to happen this week. Once you can see it in your some in other people, it opens up a world that is that was otherwise locked to us. Okay, we'll talk about it. Have an incredible day. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.